Hi, my name is Peter Maestri, and you're listening to Divorce the First Six Months. If you are someone who is about to go through a divorce, or maybe you're healing from one, then you're in the right place. This conversation and the stories you're going to listen to focus on people who have gone through a divorce, and more importantly, how they navigated through it. Having said that, let's get right into it. What was it like being in the house? How did you deal with living with her, even if she would spend some nights away? What what brought that because I think that's something people deal with is, especially in today's day and age, especially in places like Los Angeles, where, you know, it is just more expensive to live, right? And so many couples deal with then, okay, so we're divorcing, but we have this home. So, and I, what I can hear a little bit in the background is where you began to put your foot down mm-hmm. about getting yourself back and dissolving this union, which we talked about that definition of divorce in the beginning this you were dissolving this union and once she gave you permission once she released you from the vows released you from the union it seems to me you know as someone who knows the whole story up until this point Mm -hmm. in in life that you then took the initiative how did you deal with living in the house what and then not because you still live there and she doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> How did you deal with that? And I want the good and the bad and the ugly. So I'm going to, um, so first I had to take care of me, which I've explained that. Then I had to start strategizing because everything, here's what divorce is not. It's not personal. It's business. I signed a contract with you and now I'm going to break that contract. So you have to start looking at ways of dismantling it in a way where you're, you know, it's, it's going to be fair. I knew that I had the possibility of being fair. I knew that I accepted her decisions, whatever they were. So what I did first was ask her what she wanted. Once I got that down, I asked myself what I wanted. And then once those two things were there, then it was just like, all right, well, how do I create a strategy? Some of it I let her into and I shared it with her, like finding legal. I said, we can do this three ways. We can go to a lawyer, we can go to a mediator, or we can go to a paralegal, or we can do this for free with legal aid. I go, I'm going to go educate myself with legal aid. And I did that within the first week. So I didn't serve her till a month after um, she released me. And I said, you know, you want to go together or if you want to go apart, this is where it is. And I started educating on her. I go, look, all that money that, that we're going to spend on lawyers we can save it. And she said to me that she didn't have money for lawyers. And at that point I knew the law. And so I just stayed quiet and I just kept educating her, but I had a strategy. I knew that this was business. This was not going to be personal. Mm. We have to, we have to separate church and state here. And my goal was that I wanted the house and the leverage that I had was that she had, we had a business together that I created for her with her. And her thing was that she wanted that. So when I sat down with her and she told me, she goes, I want the business. And I said, well, I want the house. And she goes, okay, cool. We can do an even swap. Now, obviously it's not that easy. So what I did is that I went down to the minutia from the plates to the silverware, to the fucking cushions on the couch, the specific cushions. 
And then I made that list and I sat with her and she didn't want to go through that whole list. And I said, look, if we determine this list, we can just go to a paralegal, drop the paperwork and we can be divorced and you can be with your life moving. You can move on your life immediately. And then she asked me, she goes, you know, can you leave the house for two years while my daughter goes to school? And I looked at her and I said, and I started laughing and I go, no, that's not going to happen. So when she said that, when she made that request, I already knew that something was up and that I was going to need to investigate further. So when I began to investigate further, I started finding out things um, that it doesn't matter or it's not worth mentioning here. But what is of value is that those helped me immensely in making sure that I was the one that was being fair, that I was the one that was leading the conversation, not following it. Um, the court system in California, you're mandatory. You have to be six months married while you're going through the, the, the final stages. There's a lot of things that you have to go through. Emotionally, you're bankrupt. So you have to start creating value. You have to start making deposits. All of those things that I was talking about before, like videos and this and that, those are deposits. That's residual deposits. Every day when you're driving to work, you can either listen to music and be inside your brain or you can be listening to Anthony Robbins and creating a business or a fucking or what to do with, you know, Deepak Chopra or whoever it is that you choose. You can start programming yourself because you're a computer. And you can either watch porn or you can watch motivational stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like you can either pollute yourself or you can fucking educate yourself. So you have a responsibility to yourself. So I, I educated myself. I educated myself on the legal system. I educated myself on strategy. I educated myself on ways of being, of acceptance. I knew that when everything was said and done, I wanted to be okay with what was happening, whatever happened, whether she changed her mind or she didn't, whether she tried to take me to court, take the house, whatever it was, I wanted to make sure that I accepted it with love in my heart and that I was not going to deny myself loving her. And that was something that my friend taught me. He says, I will never deny my love for my ex-wife. And I said, well, how can you? She's, she was freaking horrible. And he goes, I'll never deny it because it's what I felt. She didn't want to be with me. I accept that. That's her choice. But I'm never going to deny my love for her. So I took that on. Mm, that's, mm, 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 Peter, that's rich like chocolate cake right there. That is mm -hmm. like, I think, such a critical thing because what is right there for a human being to do is to invalidate the experience that they had and versus like, no, I loved this person. And, um, I remember when I was dealing with my breakup, I actually, um, one of the things that I did was I went to Marianne Williamson mm -hmm. every week. Okay. Me and my best girlfriend would go, we would walk to, she would speak in LA. And when I lived there, we would literally, we were a mile away. So we would walk there. And, um, I, I got to interact with her and she, and I was telling her, like, I just couldn't, I couldn't get through this. It had been six months and, um, you know, we had to go through many of, we weren't married, but we had to deal with many of the things that you are speaking of. And I said, I just can't get over him. And she said, what if it's not about that? And I, this revelation, and I was like, how I'll know I'm quote unquote over him is when I allow myself to include him because that four years that we were together was a significant part of my life, you know, and I did love fully. 
and Mm -hmm. he loved me fully. And then there was a time where we didn't. And I think what you're saying there is so, because people go right to regretting something or wanting, Mm -hmm. wanting to mitigate the experience or their marriage. No cheese down that tunnel. No. And it's like, no, you fully gave yourself, you lived your fantasy, you created that. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the valuable lessons is that you created it. So guess what? You can create that again. Yeah. And so I'm so moved by what you're saying. It validates something for me in my own breakup because I felt so alone in that, like my, like the way I was approaching it mm-hmm. as we had to separate our finances and pick who was going to live in the apartment. And, you know, as we had to do all of that stuff, but that you just spoke to something like your experience with her, the love that you had for her was real. It was true. And it was valid for as long as it was real and true and valid. And then there was a time where it wasn't. And that's okay too, that's you okay know, too. and it validates her experience, even though maybe she's the one that cheated and, you know, so she's now the villain, which I know you're not committed to. She is not. Her. Yeah. She's not the villain. She just made a choice. And people listen to the cheater as the villain. Yeah. Right. But you're one of the things I think that I appreciate about the way in which you share this is it's not, did she do things that hurt you? Yes, she did. And she broke significant vows that you guys created together. But it doesn't invalidate her experience. No. Even if she did something quote unquote wrong. And I think that's really critical for the listeners here as we, um, you know, as you deal with the first six months, as you look back on your divorce, there's nothing invalid about what people are experiencing or feeling. So, um, I know we're getting close to our time and we're probably way over, but I have a few more questions. So we're going to keep going. Okay? I think that we're going to just keep going because the conversation that we're having here and especially of my listeners, I want my listeners to know who I am. Mm-hmm. I think it's important to share and to if, you know, if I'm going to ask and I'm going to interview people, I want people to know that I was willing to you know, put myself. Yeah. This conversation started because someone challenged me to be vulnerable. So I'm challenging you. Share yourself and your story. Be courageous. Be vulnerable. It makes a difference.